It's happening again. Welcome to Work Cookie, a CBOC podcast. As we broadcast around the world, get bite-sized morsels and tidbits from our industrial organizational psychologists, other experts, and the latest research on the workplace to boost your organization's effectiveness. Sign up now at CBOC.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from our experts. Would it be a bad idea to make your most challenging workplace problems go away? Hello, this is Dr. Jeremy Lookaball, workplace communication and negotiation coach, as well as industrial organizational psychology consultant. In addition to cboc.com that you just heard, you can also visit my website at termboot.com. Also on the panel today, we have Sarah Smith-Berry of Frigo Consulting. Sarah is a psychometrician, veteran advocate, consultant, and modern stoic. Also, we have Tom Bradshaw, voice and speech coach, and a damn good actor at that. He is the leading voice and speech coach for the industrial organizational psychology community. Hello, I'm Tom Bradshaw, and welcome to Work Cookie. With me, of course, are Sarah Smith-Berry and Dr. Jeremy Lukaba. Jeremy, where are you taking us today? Ripped right from the headlines, title, Why Do Leaders Stink So Bad? And we'll combine that with something that we can uh, get into a little little more uh, half-professionally. Uh, one out of This is from entrepreneur.com. Um, one out of four of your employees don't feel like they feel, I'm sorry, one out of four employees feel like they don't fit in and uh they what they cite is a multi-year google research project finding that the most important factor for a team's success isn't the iq or iq or talent of its members rather it's feeling like your employees appreciate you have your back that psychological safety aspect of it so sarah i can see i can see the wheels turning in your head Well, psychological safety might be my favorite buzzword. Um, I advocate for establishment of psychological safety early and often. What do I mean by psychological safety? It really means the ability to show up as yourself and to not fear retribution for doing so. So in a workplace, how do you create that sort of environment? Well, it really does come down to management and poor management is at the heart of most ills when it comes to people operations within an organization. And I think time and time again, we can point back to that. And the truth is not everyone's meant to be a leader. Everyone would like to be a leader. Most people can envision themselves as a leader, but not everyone at the end of the day has what it takes to be a leader long-term. I think anyone can do anything short-term, Uh, but I don't think anyone can be a leader long-term. That's my opinion. I'm sure there are many leadership development experts out there who would disagree with me. And to them, I would just say that that person might be happier in a non-leadership position if they had the chance to earn the same amount of money, but not lead um, large amounts of people and deal with people operations. Um, I think they, they would choose an individual contributor role. So how do you identify those people? And one thing that we've mentioned on a previous episode was the idea of uh, taking someone who's had a certain amount of time doing a specific skill set, and then because they have 
what I refer to, or the military refers to as time and grade, which means a certain amount of time doing a specific skill set, they are promoted and therefore in charge of others who are now subordinate in nature and are now required to do that task that they did before. Okay. The problem with this is assuming that that person has the tools needed to lead people. Okay. Just because they've done the skill does not mean that they have the tools needed to lead others also doing that skill. There's a very big difference between the two. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that that is really the bridge that needs to be crossed in a lot of organizations is focusing on leadership development sooner. It needs to happen before the promotion takes place. Um, and leadership development needs to be part of employee development from day dot, from the beginning. And for those of you out there that are scratching your head and saying, oh, that might sound like a little bit of my team, I always try to break things down into, you know, what's a couple action item things or mindset that we can get to. Um, in this article, you know, they, they state these findings make psychological sense. Humans are less creative when they feel threatened and less loyal to groups and organizations they feel aren't loyal to them. And something that managers can do, be, you know, fall in love with knitting. Think of yourself as a knitter. And you're weaving in this person's idea with that person's idea. I always love in meetings where there can be a bunch of people in a room. And for some reason, I, I enjoy summarizing and weaving in this person's thought because that way, for one, people's ideas don't go by the wayside. But you start to you're, you're almost summarizing people, other people's skill sets and ideas and how it ties into what, what somebody says. Use people's names. It's hard to feel, you know, here's this uh, quote again. Humans are less creative when they feel threatened and less loyal to groups and organizations they feel aren't loyal to them. It's hard to feel threatened when your boss is uh, stating something you're good at or an idea that you had and how it ties in to what something else said. It's hard to feel less loyal to a group when you start when, when your boss is weaving in. Here's your idea. Here's how you like to work. Uh, here's a particular talent that you have and wait, oh, here's how it clashes with, with this person's idea on how to move forward, but you're good at this. So let's try to weave that in it. You know, think, think of how you can almost summarize uh, on a day-to-day -day basis by calling out very specifically, use people's names and use examples and make sure that, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a fine line because you don't want to play favorites, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about having a meeting and say, oh, this person had this idea and this person had the other idea. This person, I saw them do this well, but you're tying in and you're actually including everyone in that because you're building, you're, you're weaving, you're knitting, you're built, you're, you're making a pretty strong quilt of a team, if I'm saying. Jeremy, what I hear you saying is leaders validate your employees. Ooh, validation. That's perfect. Validate your employees. That's what I heard you say, Jeremy. I love it. Speaking of validation, one of you know, as a coach, sometimes when you when you're working with a client, a lot of times you've got sometimes you work with very strong clients. You're coaching people who are very adept in their skills and they know what they're doing. And sometimes it really just they're not looking for solutions. Sometimes it's okay to say you you know to just validate their line of thinking and say that's a strong point that's a strong leadership skill and you are valid in thinking the way you do sometimes that's all sometimes it just takes validation because people just want to know that they're not crazy and that's what you can do with helping your team too it's really that validation aspect key word for today thank you sarah is validation tom what are your thoughts <laughs> well it, I, enough talking about knitting uh, but i do want to take it to another art form because you know coming from the theater world i, I especially remember as a young actor working with a director 
who was very dictatorial, where, you know, I have the vision, I'm going to tell you exactly what to do, I don't care about your inspiration, I'm leading your following. Um, hated it. And you could see, you know, you talk about three out of four employees feeling like they're not, are feeling like they're not fitting in. It became toxic because, you know, you don't feel like you're respected. You don't feel as an artist that your vision is becoming part of the greater vision. And then I did have the opportunity to work with some incredible directors and have modeled my directing after them, where the vision that we're creating is a communal vision. You know, I might, as the director, come in with, here's where we start and here's a map, but I'm more than willing to go off that map into another direction if there, an actor comes forward who's got a great inspiration. So, you know, it's for me, it's been the difference of working in a really toxic environment where leadership really wasn't concerned about what anybody else thought, starting to see people who were not only in the cast, but the crew as well, feeling like they're really not a part of this and that, you know, they're easily replaceable. And then the other side of that, working in a production where everybody felt like they were contributing, it was a lot more fun. You, you see, you know, in those two situations, you know, in the first one, the end of the day, actors leave, nobody talks to anybody else because they've gone through eight hours of hell. Or the other side where rehearsal is over and everybody goes out together and we're sitting talking about the show. We're, you know, continuing to develop our character and it really does create a better production. So, you know, <laughs> once again, you know, I'm always going to be a little bit on this side of maybe the business world should pay a little more attention to how the arts world works mm -hmm. and that maybe, you know, we're smarter than you think. <laughs> especially when it comes to business because we are entrepreneurial if we don't get an audience we don't get to do another show so maybe there's a few lessons there but you know when that's what hit me when you brought that topic up <clears throat> and why are why are leaders so stinky sometimes i hate to say this but sometimes it has to do with age and mm -hmm. the older leaders are you know very set in the way they work where you know, I'm almost at the point now where as an actor who's, you know, getting up there, has gray hair. In, in, the, in the late 20s. In the late 20s. <laughs> I would rather work with a young director who has, you know, new ideas and who is more than likely going to work as part of a community and not as a dictator. But don't you miss out on some of the, uh, the mentorship and some of the stability there? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the mentorship always comes through. You know, Here's what I'm going to say to that is leaders independent of your age, look into adaptive leadership because the style of leadership should not be the style of the leader. It should, in fact, be the style needed by the mentee. So, so that's if, interesting because we look at yeah. followership, right? Do, you know, and there's that chicken or the egg thing. What yeah. creates, a, is it the leadership that determines the followers or is it the follower that actually determines the, the type of, of leader that a person is? Or, you know, and, and as in our last episode, the type of job rack that you post uh, outside, of your, outside of your store. It's how much are you willing to see the other person versus be seen? Well, I love what you say, Jeremy, about, you know, be the best advocate for success of your employees. You know, to me, that's like one of the simple rules you don't break. Because if you just follow that, uh, <laughs> you're going to have happy employees. Yep. Well, and someone who just comes on to a new organization and has just mastered a certain skill set, they are going to require a certain type of leadership versus someone who's been in the organization for 10 years and is 
done the same task for 10 years, they're not going to require the same thing. So for that leader to essentially dish out the same recipe to both of those individuals, is it's ridiculous. This is why I say leadership development is not restricted to people in leadership positions. Before we close out today, um, making it, you know, what's one thing that, that, that people can say to start to bridge this gap a little bit? How, how many of you out there say, hey, so what's one challenge that I, can re- that I can help you with today? Or what's one barrier that I can remove for you today? Because it's hard to feel threatened when your boss is saying, hey, I want you to be your best. What's one, what's one barrier that I can remove? So quick comment, Sarah, from you and Tom before we close out today. I think that's great, Jeremy. I think what you said was fantastic. Nail on the head, actionable items. We love that. Um, Also, just really being mindful as a leader and taking a pause and understanding who you are speaking to. And if you don't know them, maybe be a little bit more curious. And it's not rocket science. It's simple things like having that conversation, just starting. Pick one employee, have a five-minute conversation and see what it does. It's not earth shaking, at least, well, it might be depending on what your leadership style is, but just taking those first steps and doing the simple things will lead you in the right direction. And it becomes more comfortable after you do it. That's it for us today. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Cookie, a Seabock podcast. Don't forget to sign up at seabock.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from experts. Would it be a bad idea to make your most challenging workplace problems go away? Don't forget to check out our corporate, career boost, recruiter, and even student memberships at seabock.com.